So we're in message number 11. We're going to talk about the subject of prayer power. James has got some really good stuff to share with us about prayer. So from last week, we real important message, real important thought we've got to keep in our minds. We talked about the judge is standing at the door. That, that's something we've got to keep in mind, that Jesus is coming, that there's many injustices in this world, but don't lose sight that King Jesus is coming back to straighten all this mess out. You just got to make sure you on his team. You want to be on team Jesus on that day, I promise you. All right. So we talked about the judge standing at the door. And so in the meantime, when all these injustices are happening in the world and all the oppression and things is not really going our way and maybe even some persecution coming our way. He talks about having the patience of a farmer. He talks about being like the prophets who overcome all that that evil and overcome all that opposition. And then he went to our buddy Job and he, he talked about having the patience of Job, kind of legendary patience right there. With Job. So that's what we got to do. We talked about that last week and we, we came away with this phrase the reward is worth the labor. Say that with me again. The reward is worth the labor. And it's important. The reward is worth the sacrifice that you and I are going to have to put in to live in this world for Christ. So the reward is always worth the labor. Don't lose heart because the king is coming back. And where's he at? He's standing at the door, he's ready. Our point is to be ready. All right, so today we're going to look at 13 through 18 of, of chapter 5, all right? So let's, let's read this together, verse 13, and then we'll pray. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him or her pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms or songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Say that with me again. Can you read that with me? Where are we at? Right here. The, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Hmm. Verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord, we thank you so much for this, this revelation you've given to James, Lord, from all, from verse to verse. We've we just been diving into it and trying to digest it. And Lord, I pray you'd help us and motivate us and help us to see the importance of our prayers. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So James, I hope you've been getting a lot out of it. He's going to give us some practical wisdom, some practical advice today. James had a nickname. We didn't cover this in the background we covered in the first lesson in James. James had a nickname that was spread throughout the early church. They called James, among other things, they called him Camel Knees. Camel Knees. You ever seen the knees of a camel? As over to the Middle East, that's the closest I've ever been to a camel. Well, I went to the circus one time. But, but they, they, they got these knees because there's these calluses all over their knees. James was called Camel Knees because he spent so much time on his knees praying for the saints and praying for people to come to Christ he spent so much time on his knees that he developed calluses on his knees. That's amazing, isn't it? Maybe that's one of the problems with the church. We've got a bunch of smooth knees, huh? A little bit too smooth. 
So James is speaking to us about prayer and he's, he's speaking from, from a well of, of experience that he has seen God move through his prayers and the prayers of many other saints. James is going to tell us that there's not just power in prayer, but there's power in your prayers. There's power. He's trying to convince us to pray. You know, and hey, just a disclaimer right here. There, there ain't none of us. Let me say it how we'd understand it. There ain't none of us that couldn't stand to pray more. I promise you. So we're going to just kind of turn off the condemnation meter. Can we do that? Nobody's trying to cause you to be condemned saying, well, the preacher, all he said was, I don't pray. No, no, no. We're not going to get in that condemnation because that keeps us from listening. All right. So we're not going to let the enemy bring any condemnation. We all know and we all just confess we need to pray more. Amen. James is telling us that our prayers make a difference. You know why? Because through Christ, as a believer, we have direct access to God. I mean, each one of us, if you're a believer in Jesus, you have direct access to God. Now, as a pastor for many years now, that I've had people come to me over and over. They'd come to me and say, Pastor, I need you to pray because I know you've got a connection. Well, I hopefully that's true. But guess what? That's true of everybody. Everybody who's in Christ has a connection, has direct access to God. And he says things like this through the Hebrew writer. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Everybody, just come. Just come boldly to the throne of grace and you can find help when you need it. All right? Hey, remember this. We're going to keep saying this over and over. We bring the prayer and God brings the power. Say that with me. We bring the prayer and God brings the power. Say, put, put I right there. I bring the prayer. God brings the power. That's hugely important. Because see, prayer is, is like the secret strength of the church. And, and its lack of practice shows our profound weakness at times. So prayer is, is our strength. It's, it's, it's not because of frequency. It's not because of how eloquent you pray. It's not the length of prayer. It's not the habitual practice of prayer. It's absolutely simply because prayer is how we touch God. And prayer is how we get God involved in our situations. That's what prayer is, right? We get God involved in our situation. Now, you and I can live in our strength. We can live in our resources. We can live in our own intellect. We can live in our own experiences. And we can use that as our reservoir. And we got a little bit. We got a little bit of strength. But, but we all got to confess that we've got limited resources. Or you can live in the alternative. And the alternative is, is that you can live in God's wisdom. You can live in God's strength. And you can live underneath the spout where the glory comes out. That's what the old boy said. You can live in, in God's unlimited resources. And we access those resources through prayer, by accessing God. So it's, it's, it's a mystery. I don't know all the ins and outs of prayer. I don't know how it works. I just know it does work. It's a great mystery. God Almighty has sovereignly chosen to partner with us as His humans. He's sovereignly chosen to partner with us to bring about His plans and His purposes in the earth. I don't, I don't know if I would have done that. But God chose to do that. He, he was smarter than I am. He, he said, I want to invite you in. Now, could God do it by himself? Absolutely. But will he? Hmm. Now, some things he might. But most things, guess who he wants to use to get the job done? Guess who he wants to use to get your crazy uncle saved? Guess who he wants to use to reach the community that we live in? 
Guess who he wants to use to, to bless the poor? Guess who he wants to use to, to minister to people and to help bring them encouragement and healing? And now God could send an angel. And, and I'm sure an, an eight-foot angel would make a lot more impression than me. But he doesn't always work like that. He almost always works through us, through our prayers and through our ministry. It's a staggering responsibility. It's a staggering thought, and it's a great adventure. So, so God desires to partner with you and I to redeem his people. He's going to use us, right? And prayer is a vital part of that partnership. So, so, so how, much, how much are we praying? How much are we seeking God? Because however much we're doing that shows the decision we've made to live in our resources or to live in God's resources. I hope we make the right decision. James is trying to direct us in that point. So, so he's, been, he's been very clear about our speech and our language and our tongue, hasn't he? He's been very plain about that. You go to James chapter 3, and that old boy would just wear you out. <laughs> Talk about that tongue, set on fire by hell, you know, all that kind of stuff. Setting on fire, just burning people's forest down. That tongue, you know, that thing. So, so he, he talked a lot about us speaking in the wrong direction or in the wrong way towards people. Well, here James gives us one of the right ways to use our words, and that is to use our words to access our Heavenly Father. And listen, seven times in these six short verses, seven times James refers to prayer. He, he's serious about it. So let, let's, let's kind of start. We're going to start kind of on the back side of what we just read. Let's, let's start with Elijah. James, James speaks to us about the power of prayer, that there is great power released when a believer prays. Do you believe that? There is great power released when a believer prays. Let me, let me say it a little bit different. If you're a follower of Christ, there is great power when you pray. There's great power released on the earth when you pray. And James puts us in mind. He says, I want you to think about one of the greatest, most powerful men that's ever lived. And that's Elijah the prophet. So he takes us straight to Elijah the prophet as an example of our praying. And, and, and we rewind our thoughts back to the story that starts in 1 Kings, the end of chapter 16, and, and Elijah shows up in chapter 17 of 1 Kings. Elijah, you know, he's, 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 he's going to speak to the nation. He's going to speak to the king. And who was the king in that day? Remember the guy's name? Oh, King Ahab. And, Ahab. and guess, guess who he was married to? Oh, Jezebel. You got to say it like that. You can't just say Jezebel. Jezebel. Oh, Jezebel, that hussy is what my mama would say. That old hussy Jezebel. It's kind of one of those infamous names throughout history that you ain't never met anybody named their kid Jezebel. Shame on you if you did. Because it's kind of, she, she's like one of the most wicked women of human history. She, it's just awful. And her and Ahab took the, 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 the Israelite nation, they took the people and they twisted them all up. Brought in all kinds of madness with other gods and idolatry. And led a, the entire nation astray away from God. And it's happening right here. And, and we, we did a study on this. Remember this study we did on Elijah? We took about 10 or 12, 14 weeks, something like that, and talked about the story of Elijah. It was fascinating. And you know what's really fascinating about it? It's how pertinent it is to what's happening in our world today. Because Ahab and Jezebel are on the throne here in America right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking to the spirit, not just the people. It's happening right before us. So, so to get us to understand about prayer, he goes to Elijah. And we re rewind our story back to what he says in verse 17. And your mind goes to 1 Kings 17. Verse 17. See, that's a good way to remember it. Elijah's in 17, 1 Kings 17. Good way to remember it. 
He says this about Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Hmm, what's an interesting thing to say. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And lo and behold, it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years, and it was chalky and dusty everywhere. Why? What's, 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 what's the cause and effect? Well, the effect is it didn't rain. What was the cause? What's he saying? This man prayed. He's trying to get these people to turn back to God, whatever it takes. He prayed that God would do whatever it takes. So God said, okay, Elijah, we'll work this out. And then he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. Notice it doesn't say that Elijah spoke. And he went outside and he shook his hands up at the sky and said, don't rain. See, that would misplace the power. That would put the power in Elijah, wouldn't it? What does it say? It didn't say he spoke and it happened. What did it say? He prayed. Now, what's that implying? What's that implying? That he ain't the power. Who's the power? God's the power. And we've got to always remember that because God may use you and work on some things. And, and like my mom said, you get too big for your britches if you're not careful. But we've got to understand the power doesn't come from Elijah. It doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from the pastor. It doesn't come from the one that God has anointed to, to minister to us. The power comes from God. And it says that Elijah prayed. Now, now look at this now. It directly says this. Because we don't see it this way when we think about Elijah. It says Elijah was a man, a human with a nature like ours. You know what that means? He's just like us. He's just, he just a regular old fella. He's just an ordinary Joe. He's just an ordinary person just like you and I. And that's where James wants to make a connection with us. Don't, don't elevate. Elijah ain't walking around three foot off the ground. I, I done said ain't about four times this morning. Y'all picking up on that? Are you listening? Uh-huh. Elijah's not floating three foot off the ground glowing when he goes, you know, walks into the kitchen. He's not that kind. He's just like us. So, so if, if Elijah can do it, if Elijah can pray and access God like this, you can do it. That's what he's telling us. Because the power comes from God, not us. And note, note, we, we've already referred to it. Note, the power came after the praying. You know, I, I'm just convinced there are some things God will not do until we do. There are some things that God will not do His part until you and I do our part. And Israel wasn't going to have this, this awakening and this experience of God, even if it was a harsh thing. They're not going to have this if, if Elijah doesn't pray. So, now, now just be careful right here. Don't, don't come out of this. Will, will God give you the power to start and stop rain? But well, that's not what we're talking about. Careful. Careful with that kind of idea. Here's what God gives you. God gives you the wisdom and the opportunity to pray. We do the prayer work and God brings the power. Don't ever forget that now. We do the prayer work. God brings the power. And this will keep you rooted in reality now so you don't float out into left field some crazy way. All right. We do the prayer work and God brings the power. So if we don't work, there's no power. If we don't do our prayer work, there's no power. The light's not going to shine. 
Now, I'm, I'm reminded, my mind's gone back to this several times over the last several, several months. Remember Daniel. Remember Daniel. In Daniel 10, 12, this, this impressive angel comes to Daniel in this vision, and, and he touches him, and he talks to him, and he, he imparts some pretty amazing stuff to Daniel. The angel said to Daniel this. It's one of my favorite phrases in the book of Daniel. Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God... Your words were heard. God heard you. And this angel come with the answer. He says, I have come because of your words. One of my favorite phrases in Daniel. And I, by the way, I just discovered that when we were doing our teaching on Daniel just last year or something like that, whenever that was. I have come because of your words. So this angel came with the answer because of Daniel's words. We'd say to stay with our context. Because Daniel prayed... God came. God sent the answer. But no words, no answer. No prayer, no power. You understand what I'm talking about? Okay. So now, now we've got those verses 17 and 18. We've got them as a foundation to see the connection between our prayers and God's power. I want you to see that now. We do the prayer work, God brings the power. Okay, On his timetable, the way he wants to, we pray, he shows up. That's just the way it works. So, so let's now get some instruction about this, some practices that we need to have among ourselves. So James, again, is, he's a practitioner. He, he really is in, involved in the, in the life of the believers. He wants to give them ways that they can draw closer to Christ. So let's, let's talk about practice number one. He asked a question. Is anyone among you suffering? Here's the practice. Sounds so simple. So straightforward. You going through a hard time? Let him pray. Let him pray. That might mean go off by yourself somewhere, find your quiet place, go spend some time with God. That might mean get in your car and just drive until you can't see no more and talk to God about it. Reason I do, I say that, that's what I do. I'll burn a tank of gas talking to God, I'm telling you. It's gotten real expensive lately about that deal. But it's all right. I just ride, ride, ride. And I'll just turn my radio off and we'll just talk. I like to do that. So is anyone among you suffering? The practice is talk to God. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about your struggles. Maybe it's struggles coming from trouble. Maybe some, some things are pressed upon you by the world. Or maybe the economy's bad. Maybe the job's bad. Maybe some difficult things are happening in your life. Uh, maybe it's a temptation moment. Some things happening and pressing on you. Darkness is trying to come in and pull you away. Maybe it's a persecution moment where, where you're really needing to stand strong. Maybe it's something else coming your way. Whatever it is. He says right here, if you're suffering, going through a difficult time, things are not going good. Talk to God about it. And here's the prayer power for that. You will receive encouragement from God. You will receive encouragement. I 100% guarantee you. Now, will God change your circumstances? Well, sometimes He does. He absolutely can. How how many have, have prayed and God changed the circumstances? Anybody besides me? Oh, ain't no doubt about it. We've all experienced that if, if, we, if we prayed. He absolutely can. I, I, I promise you this. He will either change the circumstances or he will change you. We used to have an old bumper sticker years ago. It said, prayer changes things. 
And then somebody brought one out to kind of counteract that and said, prayer changes you. Now, which one is right? Well, they're both right. God changes things through prayer. Maybe even that's a better way to say it. <laughs> so prayer. Prayer is the medicine for our pain. So talk to God about it. You're going through a difficult time. Talk to God about it. Here, here's, here's what I always say. We're saying all the right things to the wrong people. We, we find somebody and we just dump. You ever, you ever been talking to somebody and they just just dump it just and and you know as a believer maybe that's a good thing but what profit is if i talk to you about it but i don't talk to god about it it's not gonna work as well because whoever you're talking to they ain't quite as smart as god i can promise you they don't have they got limited resources whoever you're talking to so so you're you may be saying all the right things but say it to the right person talk to god about it so the alternative, you know, the alternative is you, you can live with the pain. You can waste your sorrow. You, you, can, you can be angry. You can stay in that suffering and be angry. And boy, I've been mad about some stuff going bad. Everybody, anybody ever had that happen? Like that iPad, I about threw it against the wall just in Jesus' name. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that's a trivial thing compared to the things that life brings us sometimes. You can be bitter, you can, you can live in discouragement, you can live in anxiety, you can live in despair, the hopelessness of it all. You can live in that because trouble will bring that to you now. Trouble comes with that double package. It comes carrying all that anxiety and fear and all that anger and bitterness. It comes in there and whatever you buy that suitcase, it'll give it to you. James says right here, you, you want to know the answer to your anger? Let's talk to God about it. You know the answer to your anxiety? Let's talk to God about it. The answer to all of your fear? Talk to God about it. Is anybody suffering? The medicine for your pain is prayer. Huh. Hmm. In my studies yesterday, I went through numerous passages in the Psalms. Where this word come up, this word refuge, go to this next slide. This word refuge came up. I just went and did a search on it. About 20, I think 23 times if I remember right. Something like that, 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 that idea, that word is found in Psalms. When do you need a refuge? What is a refuge anyway? It's a shelter, right? It's a safe place. So when do you need that? When there's a tornado. When, when, there, when there's a tornado around your life, when there's a storm that's come into your life, you, when, when there's an enemy that's come to attack somehow, some way, whatever it might be, you need a refuge when you're in trouble. And this is what David learned about God. God is our refuge. Earning them when, they, when it storms over here. What, what do y'all do? Y'all come and hunker down right over here in this fellowship hall because this cinder block about that thick. And they hunker down. What, 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 it's a refuge. It's a refuge from the storm, right? So David says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear even though the earth... Listen, listen to how rough it gets right here. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah. We're going to be okay. Because somebody's taking care of us. 
There's lots more we can say about that. But talk to God about it. Pray. 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 You in trouble? Going through a hard time? Pray. How long? Somebody said push. Push. P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. You heard that before? Hmm. So we talk about prayer. I, I got two mandates over my life. God said this to me a long, long time ago. Long time ago. He said, I want you to do two things for me. I want you to get people in my face, and I want you to get people in my word. That's basically my job from God. If I can get you motivated to get in God's face, he takes care of the rest. If I can get you motivated to take, take God's word and get it into your own heart and in your own mind. Yeah. All right. So practice number two. Practice number two, he says right here. Is anyone cheerful? Ah, right, is it going your way? You having a good day? Having a good season of life? Maybe things are doing good for you. Are you having a good time? Is anyone cheerful? He says, here, here's, here's a prescription he writes for us. Let him sing songs. Psalms. Songs. Let him sing psalms. Let uh, me sing psalms. I don't even say it right there. Sing. Sing. We, see, we had opportunity to sing just a moment ago. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, like, sing like you would sing in the shower. You know what I'm talking about? Lord help us. And some of y'all don't sing at all. Some of y'all just, I don't know. I don't know. It's important. It's important. So you're having a good time? This is where we release our worship and our gratitude back to the God who's blessed us. So this is my gratitude and thanksgiving flowing back to God. This is what this is about. So he's telling us, celebrate your good times with God. You know what I'm talking about? Bring him into it. Because, see, we, we we've understand, we, we've learned, James has taught us already, we recognize that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. We, we've learned that. We've learned that in life, that if I have any blessing, if I have any good time or good thing going on in my life, that God is the creator of good. He's the one that has blessed me. So this is what keeps me in contact with Him. And you want a healthier mind, you want a healthier soul, learn to sing. Learn to sing. Now, I like good old Southern rock, but you need to turn off all some of that mess sometimes. Put you on some good praise music. Whatever kind you like. They got all kinds. They got kinds for everybody. Go to Spotify and just type something in and something will come out. I can promise you. Type it in. Whether you like country gospel, you like, you like southern gospel, you like uh, contemporary, you like heavy Christian rock, whatever it is. Type it in and sing. You got something to sing about? Why is it so important that we learn to celebrate? So we're not as good at that now as we need to be. You need to celebrate the good times because what the good times and the celebration do, they mark the spot where God blessed you or that season of time where God blessed you so that when you get in up here and the trouble comes again and you get knocked back, say, no, 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 I got a spot I can come to right here. I remember this. And we, got, we developed this history with God. And singing helps to reinforce that. We develop this history with God to where we know that He stepped into our life here and here and here and here. And because I celebrated it, I remember it. And it, and it, and it galvanizes that to our spirit. So when the enemy comes to try to take my joy, he may can take what I see about the circumstance away, but he can't take that away. I've already put that in stone. You see. So this celebration helps us build faith and helps us build strength. So practice number three. 
He asked another question. Is anyone among you sick? Anybody sick? He's got some specific instructions. He says, let him or her call for the elders of the church and let them pray. Pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Hmm. So here, James says this, without a, without a doubt. If anybody's sick, pick up the phone. Now, he's not talking about call, pick up the phone, but that's the way we do it. Pick up the phone. Say, hey, pastor. Hey, Brother Paul. Hey, Jerry Brown. Hey, Pud. Hey, Chris. Can y'all come pray for me? Why, why have we let that slip? Why, why, why have we let that slip? You know, when I find out about most people's illnesses and things, I, say, I, I come from old school. I, I followed my dad around when I was a little kid. I remember him going into bedrooms and places and homes and hospitals and just going straight up to somebody on their sick bed and just praying for them right then and there at the house. Somebody called. He came and prayed. Why, why have we let that slip? We don't. Now, thank God for nurses and doctors and all the folks that care for us. But our first move is prayer. Ah, I, 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 my mind just went to y'all. When Carson's on the wreck, had his wreck just, what was that? That's a year ago now, wasn't it? Something like that. Was it? What? How long ago was that? It was May. It was May of this year. It was that soon. I was thinking a year ago. Well, you look so good and you healed so good. I, I, thank God we, we... It was May. I was in Memphis at the time. And you know what? She called me. She said, I, I don't know where... I'm headed over there right now. I don't know what's going on. You were headed there too. I don't know what's going on. Y'all pray. Y'all pray. And that boy's sitting right there now. And I thank God for the first responders. Thank God for the helicopter that came. Thank God for all the doctors that came to his aid. But you know what? You know what I believe? I believe God came to his aid. I believe God healed him. That boy can walk on both his legs today because God healed him. Because there's a church full of people that prayed when that boy got in crisis and he got in trouble. But it all started with a mama who called. And I'm not the only one she called. What is that reflex reaction? What is that reflex reaction? We've got to develop that reflex again. Oh, you know what you need, honey? Well, you go down there and see the... No, 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 no. The first reflex is, hey, hey, let's pray. You hear what I'm talking about? Now, he talks specifically about this. You call. Now, I've gotten in trouble with people before. I've been passionate a long time now. I was counting the numbers the other day. It's like 30 years now. Good Lord, have mercy. I'm not that old. (laughs) I'm not that old. I have gotten in trouble with people because I didn't respond to their sickness simply because I didn't know, and they still got mad. And I'm going to sound like my dad here. My dad used to say this. Folks, I don't have a crystal ball. My dad used to say this. I can't see into your life. I can't do none of that. Well, I wonder why, wonder why the, the burden here is put on the person who's sick, the person who's in need. Why, why is the burden put on them to reach out? Why is that? They're the one that knows? They did, I think Jesus said something about asking, didn't he? He said, you have not because you 
Yeah, that's not. And, and it's a point of humility now, because, see, I'm a real private person. I, I, I don't really throw all my stuff out there. I don't really, you know, if I'm sick, I'm just sick. I'm just going to keep going. And I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't put it out there. I just don't. But that's a weakness sometimes. The burden is put on that. Because see, it brings humility. See, that's one reason I need to reach out more. It just brings a point of humility that I'm, I'm not all that I think I am. So the burden is put on the person who's sick or maybe a family member needs to call on their behalf. And then he says, a particular kind of prayer is to take place in this situation. That, that you are to pray over him. Him or her. You pray over the person that's ill. And you are to anoint them with oil. So we, we practice this here when needed. Had somebody call me this past week. We sit right there. Sit right there on that altar. And I grabbed that bottle of oil sitting right there on that altar. We prayed. And we're believing for good report. You see what I'm talking about? Now is there magic in this oil? Is this magical? No, this is consecrated oil now. You're not going to fry your stir fry with this oil. This is consecrated oil. This is for this particular purpose. It's been consecrated for that. But the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, God, I, I want you involved in this situation. I need your help. It's just a symbol. God has given us as, 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 as like a ritual. So that we can have concrete faith that, that when we take it, we, we put it, I used to put it on finger. I usually make the sign of a cross or I'd, maybe it's a shoulder or something like that. I lay hands on that particular body part, whatever it might be. And we pray. We pray. And it's not hocus pocus. We're not, there's no magic in this oil. It's just oil. But it's a symbol of how we can be in contact with God. And how God, through you and me interacting together, we're going to take this oil and He's going to come between you and I and He's going to make a difference. You understand what I'm talking about? All right. So this, this is prayer power for healing. There, the, the church should be a healing place for our family, the family of believers. It should be a healing place for our community. Now, wouldn't it be something if God set a fire so strong here that when so folks in our community got sick, they'd say, well, I know you can go down there to Mosley Bridge. Them folks will pray. Wouldn't that be something if we had that kind of reputation? Hmm. And here's a promise that he gives us in verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. If he's committed any sins, if, if the sickness is in any way caused by sin, God will forgive him. So it's not just a, any prayer. We're not just rolling a dice here. We're praying a prayer of faith, believing and knowing that our God will show up. Now, does it, does it always work? One plus one equals two. Does it always work like that in sequence? That, that You know, I've got to confess, I prayed for folks and they died. I prayed for folks and they got healed. You come and we'll find out what happens. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a bad joke. <laughs> but I got to confess that, that, you know, sometimes the Lord raised them up, not off the bed, but to Him. You see what I'm talking about with that deal? <clears throat> I go back to my friend Jim, the young man I married in Savannah just a few weeks ago. It was his son. Jim, my best buddy in the whole world, he got cancer. And within just a matter, it was like four or five months, he went from a healthy man, cancer was found in his backbone, it metastasized, boom, Jim was dead in four months. 
I mean, just like that. He was about 62, I think, something like that. Young guy. And I, I remember going to gym. I prayed for him dozens of times, dozens of times. I greased him up so much he looked like a pig at the county fair. I mean, I'm telling you what. We just anointed him with oil until he couldn't stand it no more. We just kept praying. One, one day Jim looked at me and said, Pastor, you prayed. Thank you. He said, I'm good. I'm okay. God's told me that I'm not going to make it out of this. I'm going to see him next. And I, I struggled with that. I'll get into that later. I struggled with that. But did God raise Jim up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a glory fell on that man when he passed. Oh, Lord, help us. That's another thing. Pray the prayer of faith, believing God's going to intervene. All right, and the last, the last practice he gives us right here, the fourth one. He says in verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another and you may be healed. Hmm. So now this is the, the prayer power of forgiveness is that you and I can, can help people get back right with God. This is that kind of prayer. That, 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 that sin-sick soul, somebody's been bit by the snake. You know, we've been talking about it in Genesis. Somebody got bit by the serpent. Maybe somebody amongst us or maybe somebody in your family. That they, they're a believer. Maybe it's a leader that's fallen. Something of that nature. Go to them. Help them. See, see if there's anything you can do to pray with them. And God says, for them to confess to you, whatever. Maybe some of the folks that they hurt. And as they confess and you pray, they'll get healed. See that? See, we're talking about prayer power now. We're talking about power. Power. Now, we've seen the power, the power to, to encourage you. We've seen the power to heal you. We've seen the power to forgive you. Huh. Is God trying to tell us something with James? That there's power in your prayer? The power ought to be circulating through the life of this body, through your life into the community and to your family. So four practices. Now James has kind of given us a holistic approach. This, this poetic way that he's used right here, asking questions basically, saying to us, get God involved in your situation, whatever it might be. Get God involved in your life. Keep him involved in every bit of your life. You see what he's talking about? Get God involved. The bad times, pray. Get God involved. The good times, sing. Thank him for it. Keep him involved in the good times. Because see, there's the, you know when we get away from God? When it gets bad, we get away from God. You know when else we get away from God? When it gets real good, we get away from God. So we purposefully keep God involved even in the worst circumstances we go through and even in the best of times. So through the bad times, through the good times, through the sick times, and through the, even the sinful times, keep God involved. How do we do that? Pray. Because see, we're not just dealing with God. Jesus taught us that He's our Father. And as a Father, you know what? I want to be involved. If the wheels come off, I want to be there to help. 
If it's a great thing and you just won something, did something, achieved something, I want to be there to celebrate. If you're sick, I, I want to be there. I'll, I'll give you the medicine. I'll, I'll nurse you back to health. If it's sinful, oh my goodness, I'm sitting on the porch waiting on you to come back to God. You see what I'm talking about? That, that's a daddy's heart. That's what he's saying about God. God, like, like that prodigal son and his father sitting there waiting on him. That, that's, what, that's the sinful time, see? So through the bad times, a holistic approach to life, God involved in everything. See what I'm talking about? And keep this truth in mind. Verse, verse 16. Go back to that verse. Read it with me. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now that's in the New King James Version. I, I, I liked it the way it was written in the, in the Message Bible. It says this. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Don't forget that. And you need a reminder? Remember Elijah. If God could use him, he can use you. Hmm. You need prayer? Hmm. Lord, we thank you for your word. May it stir passion up in us. May it stir faith up in us, Lord. That you are an ever-present help when we need you. Right in the middle of our trouble. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the access. May your grace not be given in vain over our lives. Help us, Lord.